It's awesome. Life change is beautiful. Now, my voice is going. So just in case you're wondering, like some of you will be listening on the podcast going, who's the new pastor? No, it's still me. My voice is going. So we're going to get right into the text. I want to pray for you first. God, you are glorious. and We are in desperate need of you. Would you present yourself, revealing yourself in such a way that you would be glorified and we would be blessed. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been sick for the last few days and uh, I told Jesus that if there was one message, if my voice was going forever and there was one message that I had to share with you, it'd be this one. So I pray for the very little time that I have to speak to you until my voice goes, I pray that you would listen and that you would receive what's going to be said. Years ago, Philip Morris was a company that advertised. Anybody know who Philip Morris, what Philip Morris sells? Cigarettes. Everybody knows that. Now, in the 50s, um, they had a campaign. And in the 60s, they had a campaign. This campaign shared about what a blessing and how wonderful this product that Philip Morris had was for everyone who had it. It would give you energy. It would be good for you. It would be wonderful. This product called, anybody know? Sure, Marlboro cigarettes. They just owned almost everything, right? And so they gave this kind of instruction and this kind of advertising. And they shared it with the world. And then years later, it turned out that not only was cigarettes bad for you, but that Philip Morris knew it was bad for you. But never mind, they kept on giving commercials about how good Philip Morris was for you. Now, we have one of those commercials, and we're praying that it plays. It's going to be really classic, so I want you to look up here. By the way, this is not a sermon about whether you should smoke or not, so if you smoke and you're here, praise God, I'm grateful that you're here. Light one up for me. That's not what we're talking about. What I am saying, (laughs) what I am saying, however, (laughs) is that there was a company that had a piece of information that caused the death and the suffering of many, many, many people. And they wouldn't share that information. Now, I want you to see this commercial with that in mind. Thank you. Lucy, you're so good to me. You see how easy it is to keep a man happy? Why not give your husband a carton of Philip Morris cigarettes? Smart me. 
He loved them for their mildness, their smoothness, and their wonderful good taste. And he'll love you, too, for thinking of them. That's right. Good night, everybody. And don't forget, call for Philip Morris. Did you notice what the message was? If you give your husband a cigarette, you will have a happy marriage. That, and you will, because he'll die before you. Maybe he'll leave you some money, and um, maybe not. Okay, but what the, the point was, is that this company had an incredibly negative... There was something that this cigarette was going to cause. There was a future that if you didn't watch out you would experience what would be the future. Everybody know? Well, you start smoking cigarettes. Everybody know that cigarettes are a little bit bad for you, right? You start smoking cigarettes, a little thing like called cancer, right? Cause a thing called cancer. You lose your energy after a, a, a period of time. You lose your energy. You can have a heart attack. It causes tar in your lung. Like, it is bad for you. Does anybody need any kind of... A, okay, now watch this. Isn't it true that inside of you, you think it's good that they got sued. It's good that the, the people who sued them got a lot of money. Because if you have information that's going to affect me in the future, and you hold that information back, you're not being a friend. You're not being kind. You're being evil. You're being wrong. You and I feel this way about everything. Isn't it true that if your spouse was cheating on you, isn't it true that you would want that uh, that you would want one of your friends to tell you if your spouse was cheating on you? If your spouse was cheating on you and you found out and then you went to one of your friends and they said, "Oh yeah, I knew the whole time." You'd want to kick that person down a flight of stairs. You'd be so angry. This is what would your first response be? Anybody? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? If you knew that there was something that was going to happen in my future that was going to affect me like this, you should only friends, not could have, they should have told. Right? If you're a student and you're in school and you're not sure how you're doing and you go to your, and you go to your teacher and they fail you at the end of the year, and you go, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, you didn't bring this. You didn't do that. You didn't. You failed. Well, why didn't you tell me? Because all of us, if there is something in our future that's going to affect us, either for good or for bad, we want to know. Because if it's important that it's going to affect us, then we should be told. Listen, if, if your job is giving a bunch of layoffs... And in this job, they're giving all the layoffs, and then, you know, they come up to you, and just a week before Christmas, put the pink slip on your table. And you get this pink slip, and you go, when did you know about this? And they go, oh, yeah, we knew we were going to lay you guys off six months uh, ago. Why didn't you tell me? I could have put my resume out. I could have set my family up. I could have maybe put a little nest egg together. I could have adjusted the way I spent money. Because anything that's going to affect you in the future, you want to know. Now, here's the rub. 
The rub is that God feels the same way as you do. That God says there are certain things that are going to affect you in the future that you need to know about because it'll adjust and it'll help you change the way you view life. There are certain things that are going to cause you either great causes of joy or great cause of distress. So you need to know about it. God thought that this was, God says, listen, I'm not your enemy. I'm not a person. I'm not like a Philip Morris. I'm not like a bad friend. I'm not like a a poor teacher who won't give you information before it affects you. No, 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 no. I'll tell it to you before it happens. So there is this piece of information that Jesus wants us to have. But I want you to know, okay, can I tell you this? Some of you are going to want to run out of here before I finish this message. Some of you, as soon as you hear it, this is going to be a very distasteful thing for you to hear. You are going to want to disagree with me. You're going to start fighting with me in your heart. You're going to go, that's not true. And you have all sorts of defenses in your mind. I'm going to start saying stuff and you're going to do the intellectual judo, right? You know, it's like, no, pastor, you will not get through my, you know, intellectual defenses. Hiya. You will not penetrate my, right. And, and that's what's going to be going on in your mind. And you're going to say, you know what? He's just a pastor. He's supposed to say that. You're going to just be saying that. Here's what I'm begging you to do. Just give me a listen for the entire sermon. Think about it. And then come to the Lord. But it's going to be a tough one. But I want you to know that God is not a fair weather friend. He's not a, a, a manufacturer of tobacco. I want you to know that God doesn't want to get something from you. He wants to get something for you. And in order for that to happen, he has to tell you the truth. You won't hear this in many churches either. Here it is. You ready? Today, we're going to talk about judgment and hell. And you go, oh, joy. This is exactly why I traveled through the rain to come to church so I could hear about how sinful I am and how quickly I'm going to heaven. Goody, goody gumdrops. I know. I know. But here it is. Jesus is not Philip Morris. Jesus won't keep information from you that's going to affect you. Listen to me. Jesus will tell you the truth. Now, if there were... Let me just tell you how I feel about these. If there were some verses in the Bible that I would like to take a little bit of white out to. I'm not saying... I'm just talking about me. If there were some verses that I could just get a little bit of white out, sniff it a little bit, right? Don't you love the smell of white out, right? Sniff it a little bit, and then just go. And white it out and act like it's not there. The verses that I'm about to read you are them. I don't like them any more than you do. But I'm telling you because they're the truth. And listen to me. Jesus taught this. He wanted you to know this. So if you think you feel uncomfortable listening to it, just know I feel uncomfortable speaking it. But I want you to know that it's the truth. And it's a truth that you should know. Why are we going to talk about it? It's so uncomfortable. Listen to me. Because it's going to affect you in the future. And you wouldn't want me, you wouldn't call me friend if you thought that I had spared such important information from you. We're going to speak about judgment and hell. Now, some of you intellectual types are here and say, and here's what you're saying. You're saying, 
I don't want to get into the, you know what, that's such an antiquated um, uh, way of thinking. Oh, you're going to talk about, you're telling me that God is going to hurl people into hell. Oh, you really believe that? That's like thousands of year old literature. And you're going to base it, that's mythology. It's myth. Here's what I would say to you. I would say humble yourself. I wonder if you could hear me on this. Now, I just want you, for those of you with that intellectual argument, I need you to hear me on this. Listen, the Bible, we believe, is inspired by God. God used men to write the Bible, but he's the one who inspired them. This is really, really important. If that's true, that means every culture that reads the Bible will eventually be offended by the Bible on one point or another. Because if the Bible was written by an American culture, then we would all be all right with it because it would be part of our culture. But the Africans might get offended by it, right? But now, if the Bible was written in the Chinese culture, they wouldn't be offended, but maybe we would be offended by it, right? No, the Bible is written by God. He inspired it, inspiring men to write what they wrote down. So that means every culture will be offended at one point or another. Here's my, here's, let me see if I can make an example of this, okay? So, uh, well, before I make the example, let me see if I, I can make the case. So what I'm saying is that maybe your view about hell and judgment is not an intellectual one, but it's a cultural one. And I just want you to be weary of being sensitive to that. Maybe it's the culture that you were raised and not necessarily intellectual. Let me give you an example of what I mean by this. Say, for instance, we went to uh, the genocides um, in Rwanda, right? And let's say we met a man who this man, we're going to present the gospel to him. We're going to present the Bible to him, right? And we come to him and we say, Jesus is Lord, and won't you receive Jesus and all this other stuff. Now watch this. This is very important. If he, in his experience, if he was cut up with a machete, if he watched his daughters be raped before they were killed, if he watched his sons have his, their eyes poked out of their head right after they saw their mother and sisters get raped and then murdered before their eyes so that that would be the final thing that their eyes saw. And then he was the only one who survived. Now remember, his family had been wiped out, his all sorts of terrible stuff. Now watch this. If I came to him and I said, here's the gospel, read the Bible. If he opened up the word of God, what part do you think he would be offended at? Forgiveness. He would say, forgiveness? Are you telling me that God can forgive even those atrocious men who raped my wife and who killed my family, who poked out the eyes of my children? Do you saying to me that, that, that God would forgive them? You know what he would be really excited about? Hell. He would say, yes. One day, they'll get what they have coming to them. One day, uh, God will balance the books. I won't be able to address all their things. Why? Let me tell you why. Not because of an intellectual reasoning, because of a cultural reasoning. At this point, I have to ask you, let me ask you, who's right? 
your culture or his culture? Well, you're a pretty arrogant person if you say your culture, because who's to say your culture is better than his culture? It's a pretty arrogant, closed-minded, narrow-minded thing to say. And as intellectuals, we sure shouldn't be closed-minded, narrow-minded intellectuals. Let me submit to you that it's a cultural reason, not an intellectual one. Jesus taught this, and it is an incredibly important doctrine. So I ask that if you're listening to this, that you would humble yourself, and that you would allow God to speak into your life, and that perhaps your objections would be simply because God is high and lofty, and some of the things that he put down would offend you, and some of the things would offend others. Does that make sense? Are you tracking with me? Let's look at judgment. Now, in the Bible, it speaks about two types of people being judged. I want, you to, I want you to read with me. I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. We are in a series called The Jesus I Never Knew. And in this series, we've been trying to get to know Jesus better. And this week, we're talking about Jesus being judged. I don't have the time or the voice to be able to go into the last seven weeks of the series. I encourage you, you can podcast it. I think it's called NBT Sermons, right? Some of you, does anybody hear podcast? Right, okay, we got one at least, all right. So we love you, and that's why we do it. And so, all right, you can get these sermons online, and you can find out. We want to get to know Jesus, because some of us have a view of Jesus where he's simply our homeboy. And Jesus being homeboy is as deep as our theology goes. And we're saying, no, 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 Jesus is deeper than that. He's God. He's Savior. He's shame remover. He's glorious. He's, okay, so he's, he's all this and more. So in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 through 34, God writes down in his word through the lips of Jesus. I want you to listen up because this is Jesus speaking. Verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory. Look up at me. When Jesus speaks about himself, he'll, uh, he'll many times use a title. It's called the Son of Man. Right? And it was a, sort of a, a direction pointing to his deity. He wouldn't say Jesus. He would say, when the Son of Man... Now... So he's saying, when I come, when God in the flesh returns, because I'm God, Jesus is saying, I'm God, you should know this. Jesus is not an archangel, he's not an angel, he's not a good teacher, he's more than that. Good teachers don't say what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm God. Okay. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Now, in different places... They talk about three types of judgment, right, in, in the Bible. It's not a, we don't have enough time to get through it. Just understand that um, one time it's called the white, um, the white uh, throne of judgment, right? And so, so we have it here as sort of a visual. All of us, all of us, me first, you second, will all stand before the throne of judgment. All of us. In fact, let's try this right now as a practice session. Let's all stand. Now watch this. This is powerful. Listen to me. Not without any excuse, without any ideas, without, listen to me, without any but, I wouldn't have if you, I, you know, we're all, look up there. 
We're all. Now, it's not going to look that shabby. It's not going to be that wrinkled. It's not going to be that. It's going to be. We're all. And we'll all just be. There'll be nobody standing outside. We'll all just be. A face in the crowd. Standing before our incredible maker. Who will judge us. Wow. Sit down. This is getting good. Verse 32. Before him, that is Jesus, will be gathered all the nations. This is not an American thing. This is not a Western thing. This is not, this is none of that. This is a global thing. Everyone will have to participate in this. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people from one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. I was thinking about this. Look up. And this was the emotional part. Jesus will start separating people. There'll be two piles of people. And he'll say, no, no, no. You're a sheep. You're a sheep. No, no, no. You're a goat. You're a goat. You're a sheep. You're, you're a goat. You're a sheep. You're a sheep. You're a sheep. You're a goat. He's going to start separating them. There's something coming in your future that's really going to affect you. I want you to listen up. I know everything in you is fighting against... I know that you want to know. Devil is putting all sorts of thoughts and ideas in your head. Listen to me, please. I beg you. This is really important. And it affects everyone. If you're a Christian, this affects you. If you don't believe, if you have not submitted your life to Jesus as Savior and God, this affects you. This affects everyone who's breathing. Everyone who could hear me on the podcast. Everyone who has me on a CD in their car. This is speaking to the person sitting in your seat, walking with your shirt. This is God speaking to you personally. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Verse 33. And he will place the sheep on his right but the goats on his left. Verse 34. Then the king... Who's the king, class? Jesus. Mostly when I ask questions, the answer is... I make the test easy. So who's the, who's the Bible talking about? Jesus. He's the king. He's the glorious Lord. He's the one whom we bow before and celebrate and tell him how great and glorious he is. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the Savior of men. He is the one whom we worship. He's the one who we lift up. He is the King. And we'll all be before him. Then the King will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. Now listen to me. This is really, really key. Because there's two types of judgment being placed here. This is pretty theological and pretty deep, right? Now, I know that many of you think if you just become a good person, then you'll be in heaven. Let me, let me just tell you this. I just, I just want to say it as bluntly as I can. Good people do not go to heaven. I don't know how straight I can shoot that. I know that comes against every single... Listen, I know that you've heard... And I don't want to, like, shout out any... <laughs> any televangelists, right? Be blessed. I don't want to shout out any evangelists or anything like that. But basically, the idea is, if you're a good person, you'll be just fine. You are not just fine. Good people... Let me tell you something. 
I'll say it this way. Good people really do go to hell. Let's just let that one sit. Now, if you have any family member that doesn't know Jesus, not so funny. Good people really do go to hell. It's a terrible thing. I'm thinking of my father. I'm thinking of some of you. It's not right. doesn't have to be that way. He's here to let you know that it doesn't have to be that way. And the first, the first judgment that he speaks about is those who have already received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. This is so important. You're not, you don't go to heaven because you're good. You go, listen, let me tell you something. Good people do not go to heaven. You know who goes to heaven? Forgiven people do. Good people do not go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. Jesus offers forgiveness for sins. We just heard about two people who said, I was lost in my sin. I was absolute. And then Jesus forgave me for my sin. Not on my terms, on his terms. I love when Valentina, the younger, said, Valentina, she said, I was laying on my bed and I just started to get a picture of how grimy and sinful I really was. Yep, you're getting it. And then I realized that I was forgiven and loved with a love that I can't express. It's, just, it's Jesus. And now, for those of you who are in Christ, this message is important to you. Why? Because Jesus is saying that when you come, and I'd have to go to other scriptures so you could see it even more clearer. Go to 2 Corinthians. Well, you know what? Let's do it. Go to 2 Corinthians. Turn into your Bible. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. And Liz, put up uh, verse 8, because I don't have it in my notes. Um, and we'll read it. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. In other words, we would rather be with Jesus than be down here in the earth. Next verse. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to... Everybody say what the next two words is. Please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one of us may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Look up at me. If you're saved, there's a judgment for you and me. Now, some of you are confused about this. Let me see if I can explain it. If you're saved, you get judged for the sake of rewards. I know that some of you have like a, a, um, an evaluation thing where at the end of, you know, the semester or at the end of the work, you know, at, biannually, you get evaluated by your boss and they say, well, you did this right, well, you did this wrong. Right now, Jesus is going, he's going to have you before him and he's going to say, way to go for leading that person to Jesus. Way to go for feeding that old lady. Way to go. For giving your sneakers to that homeless person. Way to go for letting them use your shower when they smelled and when they... Way to go for starting that church. Way to go for watching those kids while that single mom stood upstairs and got saved because she didn't have the distraction of her little baby. Way to go. Way to go for using your gift 
to glorify me. Way to go. That's the judgment for believers. You get judged unto good works. And so God sees you and he says, way to go. You did it. You did it. You shared it with your, you know, and, 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 you know, not as many people came to Jesus as you would have liked, but you did it. You lived for me. You gave your, you gave your finances. You gave your work. You gave, you know, you fed that, that one time when that family didn't have enough money to pay their mortgage and you paid it and you did it for God's glory. Not so you could get the pat on the back, but you did it for my sake. Way to go. Way to be. Don't you want to hear that on that day? I mean, don't you just want to hear that on that day? Don't you want to hear? Good going. You've been faithful. Well done. Thy good and faithful servant. Oh man, I just want to hear that. But that's what you will be judged. That's what you will be addressed in. Now this is so important. Because you're not judged. Oh no, am I going to go to heaven? Am I going to go to hell? That's already been judged 2,000 years ago on the cross if you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's already judged. You've already been received a verdict. Listen to me. And the verdict that you've received through no fault of your own is not guilty. Because God, when He sees you, He sees Jesus. When He sees you, He sees Jesus. And He says, no, no, no. My son paid for that sin. He paid. He's, those have all been paid eternally. God couldn't stand it, so he paid for your sin. Isn't that incredible? And so you get rewarded. Now, what does that mean for me and you? When we, get, when we stand before the Lord and get uh, addressed like this, how would that change our lives? Here it is. It would change our lives. Listen. Because and then the way you live life is different, isn't it? If you're doing ministry now, and you're doing it for a pat on the back, then you, that changes everything, doesn't it? If you're doing ministry so that somebody else could say, way to go, or, you know, and we all love them. I love, I love that, you know, tell me where to go as many times as you can, because I certainly got people coming the other way as many times as you can imagine. But, um, you all, we all want that. There's nothing wrong with that. But the reason that you do it is not for the way to go. The reason that you do it is for the glory of God. So what does that mean? That means that it changes some of the decisions that you make, right? You go, God, I only have $6, and I know that this person is hungry, but I'm hungry too. Jesus goes, you give your $6. There's a reward for you in heaven. Wait till you check out the buffet in heaven. I mean, you know, no fat either, you know? <laughs> Plenty of grease, I'm sure, but no fat, you know what I mean? I'm like, this is just awesome. And, and, and when, you get, when you have the last pair of shoes and you see somebody, listen, you see somebody whose kids soon are going to need equipment for school, uh, notebooks, pencils, book backpack, um, maybe a new pair of jeans, maybe three or four shirts, right? You see that and you go, man, but I was planning on buying myself an iPhone. I go, wait. I just want to, I just want to bless you. Jesus told me to. And I think, I think your children need clothing more than I need a new iPhone. And Jesus goes, way to go. There's a reward for you in heaven. There's a celebration. Wait till you receive better, better than 3G. Better than you can imagine. 
And then, and then some of you will have a choice and you'll say, you'll say, you know what? This, this guy, right? He's, you know, he's not all that, but I think he's the last train out, so I better connect with him and, you know, and then Jesus goes, no, don't do that. And I'll, and I'll just like, you know, give up my morals and I'll, and I'll manipulate him through sex and let him stay with me. And Jesus goes, no, don't do that. And then you go, oh, wait, wait, wait. You're kidding. Jesus goes, don't worry. I know that you felt lonely at times on earth because of those decisions that you make. I just want you to know, there's a hip, hip hooray for you in heaven. There's something to look forward to. So because we live for Jesus, listen to me. No longer do we have to sacrifice. There are no, if we live this way, do you know that sacrifice gets out of our language if we're Christians, if we've given our heart to Jesus? Sacrifice is no longer a word we can use. You know what we can, what word you can, we can use? Invest. We don't sacrifice, we invest. We go, oh yeah, I know I'm losing something here, but Oh, there's a treasure in heaven. There's something to look forward to. There is something more beautiful and great than what I'm experiencing here. You see how good news this is? That this judgment is one unto good works. And that you and I get judged by how we live. Not about salvation. Not about, not about salvation. That you decide now. That Jesus has paid for on the cross. And every one of us can have it right now. So if you've received Jesus, and what I mean by that is if you confessed your sins to him and agreed with him that you deserve his wrath, and you've given your heart over to him, and you say, would you forgive me of my sins? I agree with you. I'm not making excuses. I'm not trying to say but if and when. and No, I'm saying I'm a sinner. I agree with you. Would you forgive me? And when he forgives you, you live for him and you look forward. Listen, no longer any sacrifices, guys. No longer any sacrifices. Investments. So then the obvious question is, how's your portfolio? How's it looking? I know NASDAQ and, and you know, Wall Street is all bugging out, right? How's your portfolio? Hmm? Up. Wait, what is it? Your view would be this way. Up and to the right? Right? Maybe? Huh? Climbing? Maybe your stock is taking a dive. It's okay. Listen to me. I didn't hold it. Jesus didn't want to hold this. If your, if your stock was taking a dive, isn't this the best message you ever heard? Like if you've just been living, like you're saved, you love Jesus, but you've just been living as selfishly as you possibly can. It's like for you and your family and your tribe and nothing else, Right? Isn't, isn't this the best message you ever heard in your life? Because why? Why? You don't have to wait till you get cancer. You don't have to wait till you fail the class. You don't have to wait till the pink slip comes in. Jesus is going, ah, I got some information for you that could send your stock through the roof. And that when you be- get before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you'll be standing there before him and you'll just be beaming. And looking around, going, I wonder if you guys can see this. This is great. It's like, oh man. And then you get what these, what Jesus calls crowns. You know what they're good for? They're good for throwing back at his feet. It's pretty awesome. That's another sermon. But I just love the idea that he gives you rewards. You know, it's felt like suffering when I was going through it. 
It felt like pain and, and it wasn't in vain. It wasn't in vain. But and then there's another judgment on that day. And it would be just a heartbreak for me if you had sat here week after week and had pleaded with you and said, come to Jesus. Just, just come to Jesus. Just, I know, I'm not that eloquent. I know there are better musicians and there are better... Just, I know. I know that there are air-conditioned rooms and I just know that. But I just, we just beg you, come to Jesus. It would just be travesty. Is if we're all walking, and I just look forward to the day where NBT crowd, we walk, and, and Jesus goes, you, that chunk over there, just go to the sheep side. It'd be a heartbreaker for me to go, you know, sheep, sheep, goat, 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 sheep, goat, goat, sheep. That would just be a heartbreaker. It doesn't have to be your story. And you're going, oh, you're saying that I'm going to be judged by God? Jesus is saying that. This is such a popular thing. The other day I heard somebody say, you know, um, you can't judge me. Only God can judge me. That's true. That's absolutely true. Here it is. Me and you don't look so good. So listen, here's all you have to do. Now let's say your stock, now it's not a matter of stocks for you. Your company is shot. You got nothing. Right? You're coming before Jesus, and it's not a glorious day. You're coming before Jesus being judged. Now watch this. Everybody gets what they want on that day. And here's what you do. All those who do not have Jesus just goes, well, I'm a good person. Well, I, I'm a good person. I've done this and this and this and this. Let me tell you something. You get exactly what you asked for. Oh, this is, this is what you got? Look at these sins, both internal and external. Sins of commission, that is, the sins you've committed. And then sins of omissions, the right things that you should have did that you didn't do. Listen, and you get judged for that. You, you can't pay. You just don't got that kind of collateral. You just don't have, let me tell you something, you don't hate the doctor for telling you, you gotta sm stop smoking cigarettes. You might be annoyed for the moment that you receive that information, but you don't hate that doctor. You think that it's the doctor who gives you, you know, it's the doctor who says, don't worry, it'll, you know, it'll make you a happy marriage, it'll make it a more happy marriage, like Lucy, right? It'll make it a more happy marriage. You, you, that's the doctor that you eventually dislike. Listen to me, listen to me. Close in. On that day, you'll be judged. And here's what it says. Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. Who is speaking here? No, no, actually, like you were paying attention. Who is speaking here? It's Jesus who's speaking here. Then he will say, that is Jesus, to those on his left, depart from me. You cursed. Listen to me. Listen to me. We're all cursed. We need a curse remover. His name is Jesus. 
The problem isn't that God's got it in for you. The problem is you've got a disease that you don't want a cure for. It's called sin. You need to be forgiven. Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Listen to me. God is saying that there is a preparation. It's called hell. And it was prepared for demons and the angels that rebelled against God. It was never meant for me and you. Some of you have this odd picture of hell where Satan rules on his throne. And then, you know, everybody, he's just laughing and he's poking you and all that other stuff. That's not true. That's not true. Satan suffers more than anybody else in hell. It's his punishment. It's not his dominion. It's his punishment. God is, reigns over all. God reigns. It's his punishment. Please. What are you going to do? So if you receive this information, you have an opportunity to ask Jesus to come into your heart. You have an opportunity to surrender to him and to seek his face. Listen, I beg you, do just that. If you think you're too far gone, we have someone, Micaiah, who's going to come up. Even now, she's going to start walking up. And she's just going to share a brief testimony of what Jesus has done in her life. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you would just give your heart to him. Listen, if you hear this message, let me tell you what benefits you have. Just some of them that I already told you. Number one, you get to live your life differently. Isn't that true? You get to live for Jesus' glory and not for your glory. Go ahead, Micaiah. You get to, right? Here's another benefit of this message. Listen to me. If you hear this message, you can let go of bitterness, can't you? Because at the end, listen to me, God will balance the books. At the, listen, right, some of you, watch, some of you don't like this message, right? But isn't it true that you love this message for the person that molested you when you were a kid? Isn't it true that this makes sense for the person who stole your man? Isn't it true that this message just makes you go hip, hip, hooray for the guy who slept with your wife? You see, inside of us, there's a truth that Jesus put there where we just go, yeah, that's right. I want that for them. You just don't see yourself in that boat. And I'm just telling you, we're all there without Jesus. And so you can turn to Jesus. Listen to me. Listen to me. You can turn to Jesus today, no matter where you are. You, you murdered somebody. You slept with somebody. You broke up a family. You, you blew it. Doesn't matter. You have same-sex attractions. You don't know how to control. You just, just doesn't even matter. You've been lying your whole life. You've left your wife. You broke up with your husband. You broke your children's hearts. Listen, we are a church filled with broken people. If I asked, and I won't ask, so don't raise your hand. If I said, who here came from drug addiction over a decade? Now, don't raise your hand, okay? Because, all right. So, 80% of the people here. Who people, who here got raped when they were a child? Just a bunch of people. You're just looking at a bunch of fractured, broken people. Not who are good, but who are forgiven. And because of this piece of news, want to now live for Jesus. It looks good, but we just want to live for Jesus. Micaiah is going to give her testimony. And then I'm going to come back and beg you. Listen, there's a yellow card. You should have a yellow card. Do you have a yellow card? There's a yellow card that you should have. Would you all take it out for me, please? Listen, I want you. During, with this yellow card, I simply want you. 
I'm going to ask you to come to Jesus. I'm going to simply ask you to come to Jesus. And on that little yellow card, I want you to write a number one. But I'll tell you, don't do that now. I'm going to ask you to, God is speaking to your heart. We're going to hear a testimony. We'll hear a song and then I'll come back. God bless. God bless you all in the house tonight or today. I just want to thank the Lord, and I, before I start my testimony, I want to tell you that I don't have to know you to love you. The love of God compels us to do that. I'm going to start out with the basics that Pastor Edwin gave me, what my life was before I met Christ, uh, Jesus. Um, I was born um, or conceived actually through, um, through rape. Um, was born in a home where um, my father was uh, abusive. Um, most of the time, not to me. But um, I uh, wanted to share that at the age of five, um, I had dreams of uh, being with women, um, specifically a teacher that I was going to school at the time. And I used to wonder and ask myself why I used to have those dreams. And as I grew older, um, in the dreams, I used to get close to like I was going to act out the, the sin and I didn't understand it. And, and right when I was getting ready to do it, I would wake up from the dream. And, uh, and then it so happened that as time went on, I started experimenting with this. But, uh, some days I wasn't sure whether I wanted to be with men or women because I had a spirit of confusion within me. And, uh, and I even made a vow to God. Uh, I was taking a trip to California, made a vow to him that if he allowed me to make it to California safely with my friend, that I would serve him. And I kept that vow, but it wasn't for long. I went to the church for at least nine months. I was baptized. I had an experience with the baptism of water. When they dunked me down and they, they said that in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they dumped me down. I felt like this great hand went under me and lifted me up and went like this and set me straight on my feet. But even though if I had that experience, I still didn't have Christ in me because he showed me through the scriptures that when, when one of the events of what had taken place was because since I was on the wayside and not on the way, which is Christ Jesus, I was sitting on the wayside when the seed of the word was dropped into me. He showed me that because um, I didn't understand it, the devil came and he took the word away from me because I didn't perceive it. I didn't, I would read it and I wouldn't understand it. I would go through it. And, and, and so he came and took it away just so the fact that by some mere fact that I would believe and be saved. So then after I went through, I struggled seven years off and on. He even let me know that in that time of those seven years, I, he showed me that I held on to my past, that maybe someday I could return back to it. I kept pictures and I kept, you know, I kept letters and all that. And, and he said, that was the thing is you held on to the past and that's why you was not set free is another thing because I believed the lie instead of the truth. And so then as time progressed within those seven years, I kept going back and forth. And I said, I will not go to church. I was even invited. And I went one time, but I said, I can't go to church and play God and raise my hands and praise him and then live a life of homosexuality. 
And then what ended up happening is as, as I got to the end of those seven years, I started hearing my mother's prayers, praying for me and my sister, fasting and praying for me so that I could come back to the Lord. And so as, as I came back to the Lord and I accepted him with a good and noble heart like he showed me, then I could bear fruit unto righteousness. And as I came to the Lord, then I started tearing pictures of the last relationship with the woman that I was with. I tore the pictures and, and I tore the letters. And that was the hardest thing I was doing because I sat on the edge of the bed where God made a way for me to get out of that life. And he told me, it's time for you to move on. And my uncle told me, here, you can have my bedroom. I'll sleep on the couch and you can spend all the time you want with God right in here. You can seek him because I know what that's like. And as I sat there tearing and tearing, every time I tore a letter, it was tearing a piece of my soul apart. It was tearing that old person apart, breaking me down to pieces so that he could make me. And I said, this is so hard, God. And I would cry and I said, it's so hard for me to do this. But he said, not until you do this. I cannot do anything for you. But he spoke so gently, he said, sweetie. Not until you do this. I cannot do anything for you. And I accepted and I kept tearing and I obeyed. And every time he spoke to me, he said, do this and do that. He let me know even when I was in danger with men and with women. When, I w- when they were trying to seduce me or do me wrong, God would speak to me and tell me, be careful because he doesn't have good intentions. Even when the devil, because we have many enemies, he came to me trying to sift me up with another woman that was full of lust. And God said, the devil is trying to sift you up again. But you see, within this experience, now going back to when how, how I met Jesus, was that I didn't have that relationship until one day we were in church service. And all of a sudden, my brother was being prayed for. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost came upon him, and he started being baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's the second baptism. So as I stood there, all of a sudden, while my brother was being baptized in the Holy Ghost, God touched me, and then I was filled with Jesus Christ. And I got to know what true love is. Because he said that in much, I committed much sin, because this wasn't the only thing. Pornography. All of these awful things. Wrath. And he showed me. He kept showing me the way. And as I was filled, I got to know the real Jesus. The Jesus that I never knew when I was just baptized in water. And what I can say that he has done for me, me surrendering my life to him. I've been beaten and shot down and put down where people have even questioned on whether I was really set free. And then he spoke to my heart one day because I was going through, through trials through, with people looking at me and judging my outward appearance because of the way that I look on the outside. But God says, if you see as I see, I will look into your heart and know who you are. And as, and as I, as I sought the Lord and surrendered my life to him. Amen. And he showed me the way, amen, to end this. Forgive me. He kept leading me in the right way to go through his word. And he said, I indeed have delivered you, but it is up to you to stay delivered. Because he said temptation, just as well as temptation, is readily available so is the truth, which is Christ Jesus is readily available. And what I want to say to end this 
Is it the greatest gift that I could get today? Today is my birthday. And I said, thank you, God. Because 41 years old, it was prophesied over me through a man of God that he said, you shall not die, but you shall surely live and declare the great works of God. And this is the great work of God. You don't have to stay there. You can come out of the shadows now. Jesus did it for me. He can do it for you. If you confess your sin as Pastor Edwin said, I'd like to thank you all for your ears. For Blessed are those ears that hear. For indeed, indeed, he says, blessed is he who hears the word and keeps it. Pastor Edwin, thank you for seeing Christ in me, for giving me this opportunity. May God continue to bless you and give you revelation of the goodness of his kingdom. Amen. Love you all. Great job. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. If you're in Christ, stop living selfishly and live for Him. And if you haven't surrendered to Jesus, now. Would you sing? As they sing Amazing Grace, I want us to give us all an opportunity just to think about what we've just heard and surrender our hearts to Him. Yes. Oh, yeah.
Today matters. This moment right now, God is kind of pinging at your heart, kind of knocking. If you know Christ, then live for Christ. Live for Christ. That's what he came to do, to give us abundant life. If you don't know Christ, listen to me. You've heard what God can do. If you just surrender and yield and stop fighting, I don't care how far you are, how deep you're into it, God loves you. He accepts you the way you are. It's the reason why he opened the doors today. And he's forgiven you. You see, the problem is not that. The problem is that you don't forgive yourself. And what we've heard here today is that and no matter what you do, what you've done, Jesus paid the price. His mercies are new every morning. If you have your yellow card, and I need you to do a couple of things. One is if you're a believer and you sense like, okay, I, you know, I haven't been doing this whole Jesus thing. You know, I, I've been kind of teetering and tottering. Listen to me. Today matters. And if you heard this message, if you didn't shut off you know that one day we all are going to have to give account for our life and our lifestyle. And judgment starts in the house of God. It starts with those who know the truth and refuse to live it. So if that's you today, let me tell you something. It's a wonderful day because you can start again. So on that yellow card, if you're a believer, I need you to put live for Jesus. I need you to put live for Jesus. Listen to me. We all fall short of the glory of God. No one here is perfect. We're flawed, frail, broken people. But if you allow Jesus to put your life together, there will be a picture before you that not you can understand. But because of Jesus, we can be all that he wants us to be. And maybe you're here today and, and you don't know Jesus Christ and you're still trying to intellectualize this and you're trying to wrap your hands around this and culturally right now there are voices and, and you're trying to sort through it. Listen to me. We all will stand before Jesus. And we've heard throughout this series that he's been our mediator, that he's been, you know, our go-between, he's been our high priest. But there's going to come a moment in which you're going to have to stand before him as judge. And all will be unveiled. There'll be no secrets. There'll be no more stories. Today matters. I need you to put a number one. That's it. Just for the number one, if today is a day that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you're tired of running, you surrender, you've come out of the darkness into the light, just put a big number one. Today is your day. If you've done that sincerely, let me tell you something. There is a celebration going on in heaven. Like you've never seen the lights of it. Because you matter. You matter. It's the reason 
why he went to the cross. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward because we don't want you leaving with those yellow cards. We want you to put them in the tray as it goes by. Every person here will be able to stand and attest to the transformation that's going on in their lives. I did something 19 years ago when God tugged on my heart, when God reached inside of me and revealed the truth about me. I was a sinner and I needed forgiveness. And I needed to allow myself to embrace that forgiveness. My life.